Um, all right. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yeah. To anxiety, depression, and the real questions. Yeah. You're Kimmy. Galate. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Claire. I got so many questions. We got so many questions. Like, before we jump into our topic, um, I haven't told you this yet, but my new insurance, my health insurance, mm-hmm. kicked in today. Mm-hmm. And it made this whole thing. Ew. Because, like, because it kicked in today, I can't log in to, like, my, my account, like, on the website mm. and everything. Because, like, literally today, they, like, they had, like, enrolled me, like, two days ago to, to, for it to kick in today and all these other things. Well, I also ran out of my Adderall for my ADHD today. Oh, so that's poor timing on all tomorrow's gonna be a fun day oh because okay so there's this thing where you can get like there's those apps and stuff all those websites you can get coupons now right on like medication that you need the problem is the pharmacy that i use um not only do they close at six so it's hard to make it there like in time by the time i get off work but also i called them and they were like yeah we're out of adderall uh (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much i hate you because i have all kinds of trouble with this pharmacy and there's like a few people there that are super super nice but a lot of them are just not helpful and you just switch pharmacies but here's the fun fact adderall is a narcotic so right you cannot transfer the prescription your doctor has to oh and that requires contacting the doctor contacting a doctor and insurance and all the stuff that you're trying to avoid yeah so i mean i was i switched them i'm using cvs right now and it's pretty normally like outside of that the process between switching between cvs's are super easy i'm already in the system they just transfer me over it's fine Mm -hmm. but and like the they're gonna be cautious well not even that the neurologist well like they have to follow the law period but like because that's texas state law i'm pretty it, it might be uh, federal law, but I don't, I don't know. Either way, the problem is the doc, the neurologist that I use, like they're really good about like virtual stuff and they have this app that you use like for virtual, like for communication and stuff. And it's really cool because you can, like the doctor can log into it and see your messages, but also so can the front desk. So like they're not having to like shoot communication back and back and forth, but they've got one lady at the front desk. Who's like one girl at the front desk. Who's like really, really good. And the other one is like awful. Like, I, I feel so strongly. I feel such strong dislike for her because every time mm-hmm. she says she's done something, she hasn't. Oh, so like the, so like the first time I was running into problems with the insurance and stuff, she was like, well, we, I never received, cause the pharmacy was like, well, we sent like the forms over to your doctor like mm-hmm. twice. And she's like, we never received anything, but I'll contact your insurance and we'll have to charge you for this. And I was like, Yay. for filling out a form? Weird. To fill out a form, you're telling me you're going to charge me as if it was a session? I hate you. It's already like, like, the neurologist already doesn't accept insurance. So even when I was on my parents' insurance, we were paying 100% out of pocket. So it's $240 a session. Yikes. And state law requires that when you are diagnosed when when you are prescribed Adderall you have to have a consultation at minimum every three months you have to Whoa. talk to them and then you have to see them in person at least every six months well, to make sure that you're not abusing it dang 
I mean, it makes so, sense, but like, dang, that's it, expensive. It, it does make sense, but it's heckin' expensive because, you know, $240 a session. And if you're, say, just starting out, like I was, you know, back in April, that's a session every two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And they, oh they just goodness. don't, they just, and I get why they don't accept insurance. What I don't get is why insurance companies won't work with them because the reason they don't accept insurance is because insurance companies give them so much trouble and it's not worth it for them. Oh man. Because when it comes to anything related to mental health, insurance companies suck. They do. That's true. That's like, accurate. Like that's a topic for the future because I just realized how passionate, like, because like recently, sorry, we're going to get into our topic in a second, but this is just a small update. But like my, the insurance company that my parents had when I was a sophomore, junior in college, I'm literally the reason there's for, there's a policy that that insurance company has about like mental health stuff that is because of me. Hmm. Like literally it is because of me. Because they had such bad systems in place that my dad was able to find a workaround to get me treatment. And they were like, hmm. We don't like that. So we're going to make a policy that blocks people from doing this. Oh, that's funny. Because the policy was if there's not an in-network provider within 100 miles, then, like, they would pay in-network. You know, they would would treat it as if it was in-network. Well, they don't cover behavioral units, like, pretty much at all. Mm -hmm. They cover, like, two or three. So obviously so there was not, not a behavioral unit within a hundred miles of Lubbock that they had in network. So my dad fought with them on the phone for like two or three hours and he was like, I'll take her back to Abilene. And I was like, you're not taking me back to Abilene. No. And they were like, well, we can put her in an ambulance and take her back to Abilene. And I was like, no, we're not doing that either. I know I don't have much say in my life right now, but no, <laughs> no. So like the insurance company was forced to pay from my behavioral unit visit. <laughs> like a lot of it. And so then they were like, hey, we're not going to do that like ever again. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Uh, being I, an adult is scary. Insurance sucks. I hate it all. Insurance is the most stressful part of a lot of the mental health like treatment stuff. It's not so much like the doctors. It's figuring out freaking insurance. So yes, that should be a topic on a later date. Yeah, we'll we'll cover that um, later because because I had a similar experience. Well, e- even though I'm like was dealing with completely different circumstances, but just like the amount of my mom being on the phone just to you know go to therapy just to do a yeah. normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, that's one reason I said it like on one of our first podcasts. Um, psychologytoday.com has a therapist find a therapist search Mm -hmm. and they're all licensed they're all certified like they're vetted and it's Mm -hmm. like that's how i found mine that's how i found carol yeah and i love her but again with like and you can search by insurance too you can search by religion you can search by weight like it's great and at the time like this insurance that i had with my parents carol accepts but the problem is the one that I am on now, she can't figure out, like, she's tried to work out a deal with them. And I think it was, I think it was the same insurance that you were on when you first tried to go see her. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same company. They just can't figure out something. Yeah. Um, so, like, that kind of sucks because I'm now going to have to cut back my sessions with her because I ain't switching a therapist now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I've been with Carol for two and a half years. It took me two and a half years to find her. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know it's so stressful. So I also had issues like where insurance changed and then therapy had to, it was, yep. Like it's crazy. Like I hate how young I was when I learned like in network out of network stuff. Yeah. Like that's yeah. As a child, you shouldn't have to know these things, you know? Yeah. Like it's like what Mom, does it why all can't mean? I go to like why can't I go to this this do this like doctor or do whatever and they're like, We're out of network. I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it means that um either the insurance company or the doctor, one of them are jerks. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the insurance company. Usually it's the insurance company, but sometimes the uh the insurance company is like, hey, this doctor is actually literally charging way too much for this procedure, so we're not going to pay for it. Because mm-hmm. that's that's a thing, too, because some doctors do that. The entire um, medical field is kind of crazy sometimes. Because it's like – it's that weird balance, which is another another topic for another time. Because our topic for today – I – my Adderall has worn off for the day, by the way, in case you haven't you can't tell. Because I'm literally – like, I'm like, ooh, look. A speck of dust on the wall. Mm-hmm. Our topic for today is, is 21 Pilots. The band, the myth, the legend. 21 Pilots. The band whose front man has the same name as my husband. Oh, Tyler. Which is really funny. It is funny. So you're going to have to be like talking about Tyler, but like you're like, not you, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Yeah, he, it's, it's so funny because like <laughs> I have a friend who likes 21 Pilots as well. He's, an, he's one of the friends I've made online. And so for the longest time, because I met him like right before I met my Tyler. And so for the longest time, his joke was like, you're married to Tyler Joseph. <laughs> Like he's like you're dating Tyler Joseph, and then we got married. He's like, oh my gosh, you're married to Tyler. Joseph. <laughs> and like he photoshopped one of the pictures of Tyler and Jenna, and put my face over Jenna. Oh my god! And I was like, that is so creepy. Because if anyone sees that, they're gonna think that I did it. Yeah, that is creepy. Oh, that's funny. Um, yes. Yeah, so Twenty One Pilots. Uh, the reason we want to talk about it is well multiple reasons but I was also thinking about how it's kind of like one of the reasons we became friends at the very beginning it really is because Um, Trench came out around the time mm -hmm. yeah so because we we were office mates in grad school we met in undergrad, but we, we met like, in undergrad. But I don't think we spoke to each but other. But like, ever. yeah, I don't even remember ever having a conversation with you. But I do remember I, you. I thought you were a different person because mm-hmm. you were in a group with the person that I thought you were. Because mm-hmm. like, I I I never spoke to you. Yeah. So there you go. I was kind of quiet. Um, and then we were office mates in grad school, and so that's when we actually were like having conversations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, either like, I was listening to Twenty One Pilots, or you were listening to Twenty One Pilots, or like there was some some like mention shirt or, or a shirt or something. And then we got to talking about it. And for me, because of like where I was at as a person right then, like I needed someone to geek out on Twenty One Pilots with me and to like get it. You know what I mean? And I'd never had anyone either. So it was kind of amazing 
um, because that was the phase of my life where I couldn't listen to anything else. And that sounds dramatic. Like you're, you're like when you're a teenager and you're like, I just, I can't listen to anything else. Well, you know, it's really interesting how it worked because I was in a phase where the way that my anxiety worked, um, it really didn't allow for, like, there wasn't very much that could, like, make me feel better. And actually, most music um, would had a bit of, like, it was like watching... You know how people, sometimes people with anxiety will watch, like, the same show? Over and over and over same again. Same shows, group mm-hmm. of shows, yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over again. It's, like, oh, comfort shows. I 100% do that. And how I it's, like, a struggle. Oh, yeah. Like, I do, too. But, like, that, I feel like that's more of, like, a common thing where, like, that, like, makes a lot of sense. And one of the things is that, like, you don't want to watch another show because, like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. That's why, I lo- that's why I spoil things for myself. Exactly. Same. I also love spoilers. No one else in my life understands it. Like, they think it's absolute heathenism that I Tyler love spoilers. Um, yeah. I don't even – that's the thing. I don't even like spoilers. But, like, I sit there and I predict it and then I'm, like, once I've predicted it, I'm, like, I have to know if I'm right. <laughs> that's funny. I don't do that. So I just – I uh, – well – I kind of do that. But anyway, and so I, uh, like, really, because music is such an emotional thing for me, like, I really just, like, experience it full body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was so, like, scared of other music and what it would make me feel. And it could send me down a rabbit hole because I needed something that, like, could connect to the like seriousness of what I was experiencing like the I wanted to like I didn't want any I didn't want to listen to happy music you know what I mean I couldn't listen to happy music any happy music just made me feel more sad because I was like why can't I be why can't I be happy and I felt Mm -hmm. very separate from it and the fact that I couldn't relate just at all just it didn't make me feel better it made me feel worse Mm -hmm. and then sad music like really really sad music that like was super like felt like felt sad like Mm -hmm. from like a music standpoint they had the the melody sounded like slow piano or something you know like you're supposed to cry to that's the thing about 21 pilots like their music sounds so upbeat and then you mm-hmm. listen to it and it's like oh, i wish i was dead and i'm like yeah. oh my gosh like, and for some reason that is exactly what i needed I and think it's the solidarity it is the solidarity but it is also um there is a line in one of the songs that says life has a ho- hopeful undertone Life has a whole bunch of time. Yes, I love that one. And That's I think about that a lot. Right now. I know. I think about I that a lot because it is ultimately hopeful, but like in a non like, yeah, everything can be like hopeful kind of thing, you know, like in the way that he sings it too, because it's mm-hmm. like he's been talking about like, you know, some that like, everything all sucks these different things, and that like, his brain is a complete psycho. And that, like, but, sometimes to stay alive, you've got to kill your mind and stuff like, like that. It's like, it's hard stuff. And then it was, like, 
in kind of though in spite of all of this i think it might be okay and then like that's how the song ends and you're mm-hmm. like ah, like that's exactly like that is what i needed i was like i wanted an acknowledgement of what i was feeling but i didn't want to stay there and i wanted something to give me just a little bit of making me feel better in the sense of like it might be okay and that like glimpse of something is like exactly what i needed and it once I experienced that, I had to sort of have that playing constantly um, as a way to sort of like get through the day. And I would be feeling off or my brain would be doing weird things and I would listen to some of their music and it would like always remind me of that like I was okay. Um, and so I couldn't really, I literally couldn't listen to anything else. So... I'm coming into, you know, grad school and, you know, um, my office mate who I haven't really had a conversation with. I had had the conversation with Morgan, our other office mate. Like we, her and I talked for like a really long time and I was like, am I going to get along with Kimmy? I don't know. Um, yeah, we, we had no clue. Well, because like I, I'm a really quiet person, um, when it comes to like, um, like general social stuff and I remembered that in the first day of orientation you talked a lot <laughs> do you remember that no I block it out of my memory you like uh contributed so um, much like that was before everyone realized they didn't like me mm. <laughs> So yeah, because you had been there throughout all of undergrad, were really involved. True. I knew so, like, everyone. That was Ferris would say something, like the main the main dude um, who was leading it would like say like, oh, and then there's this resource at Texas Tech, and you would go, well, actually, and like you would like go into like all this stuff, and I oh, was like, true. I was like, oh, okay, because you were trying to be helpful for like all these people because you knew that everyone new to the university and you're like I know I'm an expert let me tell you all these things and I was sitting over there and I was like okay there's like this group of people over there and they're talking a lot and I'm over here like and I don't want to talk at all I was like are Kimmy and I gonna get along we're not we don't seem like similar type of people right well that because the thing was too like first because the or because the orientation or whatever the heck that was was all of the English department and I had taken so many classes on that side of the building that I knew this was your turf man like well because I'd been in too freaking long because if we think about like just all the people like Mm -hmm. even just our friend group alone like a lot of them I'd had so many classes with them during that yeah and see so we walked in we walked into orientation and we were like you Mm -hmm. really yeah you sat with this like big group of people and mm-hmm. I sat next to Taryn. And, and it's funny because I don't talk speak. to any of those people anymore. I know. It's interesting. Um, and me and Taryn didn't speak for the first day. And then the second day, I sat in the same spot and so did she. And I was like, I'm Claire. <laughs> and that's how we became friends because we were both incredibly shy. Um, and then all of us became friends over time. I think the only person out of the group that I was like interacting with probably during that is Emily. Yeah. And maybe Shelby. Like I'll mm-hmm. occasionally like 
I follow, Shelby. I follow them on Instagram. I follow them on Instagram. Like I'm friends with all of them and stuff on on all of the social medias and stuff. But like I don't you I I try not to get on those anymore because they just depress me. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get on Twitter. I, I, I see that's the other thing I do get on because it's funny. And mm. like I can interact with like some people. Claudia I, is very active on Twitter. Her her and Shelby are hilarious on Twitter. Oh, that's funny. Because Claudia will because they're 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 rooming together now, which mm-hmm. is the most hilarious dynamic I've ever heard of in my life. So funny. But yeah, like I was loud. I still am loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was so like, like I'm not. Outwardly, we're opposites. Outwardly, I was like, we're opposites. And so then, um, like we said, we don't know exactly what it was, but like I think you came into the office while I was listening to music one day. That's got to be. And it. I was probably because I, I played like, music a lot, and I was like Twenty One Pilots, and we were like, yes. And then and Trench then, came out like a couple of weeks later. Yes, and so then we were able to geek out with that together, and like because Twenty One Pilots is the way it is. If someone is, like, really hardcore into it, they have been through some crap, right? Okay, that's pretty much like, established. So that means that we were, like, pretty much... We like, immediately knew that the other was, like, a kindred spirit. I think you told me about, like... We did. We had that super deep conversation in the super office. Super deep and conversation. Por- I think Taryn and Morgan might have been there, too, and they're just sitting there, like... Maybe. What are um, you all talking about? I think that... so. Uh, like, because you were talking earlier, like, even in this podcast about all the hospital stuff. I think yeah. we, like, got into that, like, day one. <laughs> well, because, because I'm super open about yes, that, too. Yes, and I, like, I, but that's the thing. Yeah. I am, too. And that's, that's where we are similar, is that, like, it does not bother me even one bit to, like, talk immediately about, like, hardcore stuff. Like, that does not bother me. And I was like, yes, like, here's what I've been struggling with. Like, um hard hardcore anxiety that like has some depression on the side because you know how it is um and we just like got into it um and so we like really connected and that's and that's the thing is that um like people who are really 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 into 21 pilots like you know that they or like were maybe like in high school or something you know that they're going to be like some type of kindred spirit, you know, and it usually has to do with mental health. Um, usually. And I'd say 90% of the people that I've met that really love, like really love. Well, I can't think, I can't think of anyone. I can't think of a single person who really, really loves them who doesn't struggle with. And it wasn't like because of mental health stuff. And because I also that's the that's the other thing, though, is that like I know a lot of people who struggle with mental health stuff who don't particularly enjoy 21 Pilots. So it's not really about that. It's just the people that do. It's like flavor. (laughs) It's like the people because it's because like it's so interesting because I remember we've talked you and I have talked many times about how we found 21 Pilots because a friend showed you 21 Pilots. Yep. Um, But I. I had seen some of their stuff. Like, I've liked bands. I, I was a heavy metal kid. He- of course you were. Unquote heavy metal kid. I grew up with classic rock. That was what my dad listened to. It's still what he listens to. I literally grew up on Queen. Like, Queen was... Mm. I got in trouble when I was, like, 10 for, like, stealing a Queen album from my parents' room so I could listen to it. Oh, um, like, <laughs> and then I, uh, once I got it back, my brother, like, hid it. And then they found it. Like, when they moved from that house, they found it. That where he had hidden it mm-hmm. like t- t- 
15 years later or something stupid. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I was in like the alternative scene and then I had seen – so I had seen 21 Pilots like perform at like alternate press awards. Mm. And I just thought they were like some of – one of the stupid like mainstream bands because yeah. everyone like – I'd seen all these posts about them and I was such a snob. Mm. And I was sitting there with my – because I've always been a music person. I don't – I'm not good at music, at any kind of music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've always loved listening to it. It has always been my refuge. That was one hill – like that was one hill I was always willing to die on. And that – when I was in high school and I was having all my struggles – that was the one thing mom never fought me on mm. because she knew that with my music, I would feel okay. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the biggest things that when like something would happen and someone would be like, you can't listen to your music. And then they'd like get mad at me or something when I would do it anyway. And they'd go to my mom and they expect her to get mad at me. And she's like, mm. no, because you don't understand what that means. Like you, that is her safety. Like, mm-hmm. She puts those. I'm really glad because, like, I never thought about that because, like, because of, like, how your church community was growing up. I had never thought about how, like, that would be considered, like, technically bad. Well, and it wasn't Um, even that. Like, no one else cared what I listened to. mm -hmm. They didn't care. The problem was my senior. It was going into my senior year of high school. There were a lot of problems. There were a lot of problems going on with the youth group. And Mm. um, one of them was that the youth minister that I'm still very close to, Mm -hmm. he's not the youth – he left as a youth minister when I graduated. Um, But I'm still super close to that family. Like I love them. His mom calls me her adopted granddaughter. Like Mm -hmm. I love it. I love them so much. Um, and they, it's funny because he also loved heavy metal. <laughs> and so we would have talks. Rock on. But either way, the, at the time, there was a lot of problems going on. One of the problems was that um, they had planned a trip to Paladuro, which is fine. Cool. Whatever. And I was like super excited. It was hiking. But when we got into the vans to be tra- – to like to go to Paladuro, to go to Canyon, is when they announced no headphones on the trip. If you're going to listen to music, it is going to be as a group, like the P- everyone, because we had like a church van and then we had like multiple people, multiple parents p- bringing their cars. And basically it was, it had to be a group consensus of what you listened to. Well, no one else liked my music. No one else liked Avenged Sevenfold. They all thought it was scary and horrible and, you know, all of that. Like they didn't care if I listened to it, but they didn't want to listen to it. Mm. And they liked whatever was popular at the time. And this is what, 2014? So, you know, all of that weird 2014 music, which Mm -hmm. I didn't mind. But that wasn't what was comforting to me. And they were like, the only time you can have your headphones in is when you're in your hotel room. And so the next year rolled around. And the person who organized it got really upset because I said I wasn't going to go. And it was like my last year or whatever. And he first tried to talk to the youth minister. And he was like, she's checked out. She leaves in two months. Why do you even want her to go? Mm-hmm. And my, they asked my mom and she was like, you told her last year. You didn't tell her till she got in the van that she couldn't have her iPod. No. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't feel safe. And she Mm -hmm. didn't feel comfortable. So why would she want to go again? I gotcha. Like that was one thing like even through all the things like I've been through with my mom, like she knows. Mm -hmm. Like she she's there. Like when she knows, she knows. And she's there. And she does what she can. Yeah. Like it's it's when she doesn't. But like 
that long-winded story was basically I found 21 Pilots because I had heard something about like them. Like I saw some stupid post that was like 21 Pilots sound their lyrics. Yeah. And it's like the pink house next to the black house. And I was like, hmm. And so I listened. The first song I listened to was Migraine. And this was probably a week after I got out of the hospital. Mm. So I was not okay. Mm-hmm. Like I was so not okay. I was in the middle of like trying to describe what was going on in my head to so many people. And I literally – I found migraine and I like remember just like sitting on the floor of my dorm and sobbing. Mm-hmm. And like I immediately sent it to my mom and I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is this is what is inside of my head all day, every day. Yeah. This is, this is the inside of my head. Mm-hmm. Like – Yeah. Because it's just – it's crazy. Like – because I did feel alone. I felt so alone because literally no one that I knew understood mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it's it's super interesting because I had like, okay, I think it's interesting that you said that like your thing was like finding a song and like sobbing because it was the inside of your head because that is exactly what happened to me too. And I bet you anything that that's how like a lot of people are because the friend that introduced me to it um she Hers has is something pantaloon, right um yeah like i i know that that one's really important to her i don't know if that was like what got her into it but like she was having a really really rough family situation at the time and her and her brother sat in the car and like cried like listening to that song because it's i kind just of, love it's the a, start of it's not funny but like oh, it's I know. funny it's a funny song it kind of is but like basically it's about like generational like mental health really is what mm-hmm. the song technically is about again that is again, because it's becoming the pantaloon like you like realize you've pantaloon become pantaloon means like the like the crazy person like the lunatic mm-hmm. like the the kind of bad guy and they were all their stuff had to do with their dad you know like so it makes so much sense like, like everyone has that song everyone well, has that then, song like holding on to you because like basically i was late to the game because this was you know 2017 when i finally found them mm. So Blurry Face had already been out for a couple of years. I was into the game too. But Vessel Vessel was, is the best album. It is the best album. It's perfect. It, it is still my comfort because it had Holding On To You. It had um, – Like bop it after had the, bop. When they, when they re-released Trees, it had the re-release oh. of Car Radio. Jeez. It had the re-release like of all these things. And it had Fake You Out, which like – you talk about like life hasn't know that life has a hopeful undertone, which is from migraine. Mm-hmm. But like fake you out, like in that like that scream at the end where it's like our brains are sick, but that's okay. I was like, it is okay. My brain is so yes. sick right now, man. So fake you out is my song that I sobbed. Did like we've talked about that before, right? We've talked about it, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, so. I I couldn't remember. So like yeah. So yours was migraine that you sobbed. Um, my friend Brooklyn's was the pantaloon. And minus fake you out. And like it's really interesting because I don't necessarily like that's a really it's a really odd song. Like the um the rap part. <laughs> I okay, I love the rap part. The, the rap, rap part is part my favorite is part. Like so it's very I think that that part's really clear, right? Like that one mm-hmm. has really clear lyrics. The rest of the song doesn't really have necessarily like a clear meaning, if you think about it. Like it could mean a lot of different things. Yeah, because um, it's like I'll never be what you see inside. 
you say I'm not alone, but I'm petrified. Like, petrified. you know, like, you say that I always like, who's like, you like, there's like, there's so many different interpretations. I always like, and, and I, again, like I, that's one thing I love about 21 Pilots lyrics is because everyone interprets them differently mm-hmm. because with the latest album, which we can get into like in a little bit, like you and I interpreted something and then Tyler was like, no, I interpret it this way, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, like I, I mean, obviously that's the whole point, but it's like at the time I was going through that really rough time with whatever that person was to me. Mm-hmm. So I saw that I heard that you say that you are close is close the closest star mm-hmm. of like, you, were like you say you're close to me, but you are literally as far away from me as you could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And like, because like you, that's just how it feels. And so for me, um, that was this description of like what I was experiencing like with my faith so it was very much Christian undertone right I remember and so we talked about this multiple times yeah so like I didn't know that I needed a song that to me represented it being okay that like what everyone was telling me okay let's see if I can describe this okay what everyone was telling me um that like God was saying right that like God loves me or like whatever and that I like believed that but sometimes I didn't feel it and so it's this idea of like it's okay for me to feel like that's not true mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know what i mean and so it was no, like a, exactly there was this complexity mean. to it there was this like com- there was this complex idea that i had never been able to articulate and i almost can guarantee that it what it meant to me was not what it like meant to anybody else but like i felt like it was able to like reach inside of me and like untwist something you know what I mean because I felt like it was putting to words something that I was experiencing even if no one else would understand it you know what I mean like that's what music is though like that's that's the beauty of it it was so it was so helpful and I was just like really okay with being in that space and then like the the main part of that song is about like I'll like it's saying like I like will fall I will break and there was like something about it where basically it was telling me it's okay to not be okay and then the rap part just confirms that where it's like like it's okay like like our brains are sick and that's okay like that's that's like what the whole message is and so that's really what it meant to me like that's the simplest way of putting it is that it's okay to not be okay and that was something that I really really struggled with because like because I am a Christian and because like I uh am a gener like I always have been more like positive or like whatever like there was this part of my identity where I'm like this isn't me like this isn't who I am like I'm not a not okay person and that like it's not okay to not be okay like I gotta fix it's such this. a big message mm-hmm. it, and it's such a toxic message I hate that message it so is. much like I've I've known so many people and it and I I always hate like sounding like I'm bashing on Christianity because like I grew up Christian I still very strongly 
hold so many of the beliefs. Like I still see myself as a Christian, even though if I'm not a great Christian, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I'm hesitant to call myself one sometimes. But that idea of like, it's not okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not okay. Like it's the count it all joy mentality. Mm. And I hate it. It makes me want to punch people in the face. But that's the thing is that technically like that's twisty. Like technically like that's not even That's literally not even the context. My brain was like so unable to process any of that at the time. And so, yeah, I was really struggling. And um, it was was just so comforting. And then like also I think that I felt comfortable interpreting some of this stuff in the way that I did as, as it regards to like faith and stuff. Um, because of the way that, like, um, the band members, like, have talked about, like, their Christian beliefs before, and then you see it in all of their lyrics, or you can't, but you also can interpret it other ways, and I really appreciate that. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Tyler has talked about, and I I think in depth of, like, a lot of his songs, I mean, obviously, for one, he's been open about, especially his earlier songs, they were all poems, that he wrote that he that's oh, why his he earlier rapped. songs are crazy that's why yeah. he had to rap because he couldn't fit it all in with the melody or whatever but like they're all you know they all have a message of either mental health like what they're what he's going through mm-hmm. they're his they're his life like that is what he's dealing with when he's writing that and that's one of the reasons i love them so much because it's just so raw mm-hmm. like funny enough we were uh over the weekend our old housemate visited us and we went to like we did a bunch of stuff. We hung out and we were driving. And like anytime Tyler and I are in the car together, we play 21 Pilots pretty much. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just how it is. Because it's funny because that was one of the things we connected on mm-hmm. when we first met. Because when we were driving f- around together for the first time, I was the one in charge of playing music and I was playing 21 Pilots. And it like he was like, Are you using like my playlist? And I was like, No. Why would I do that? So it was just interesting. It just brings people together, but it's just so, like, it's almost indescribable. Like the the emo- like because even just thinking, like even just talking about it right now, like I can I can remember those emotions, mm-hmm. and I can remember how it felt. And then like you've been to two Twenty One Pilots concerts, yeah, baby. And I when one of them was when I was also at, but you were down in the, on the floor and I was in seat. But like, it's just so. I've loved the evolution of their albums Mm -hmm. because like if we want to take a minute to talk about that, you know, we have regional at best and then self-titled. No, self-titled was first. Self-titled was first and then regional at best. Either way, both of them super solid. That's because self-titled has pantaloon. Regional at best has like forest and kitchen sink, which that's another thing I didn't know about. I only knew about what was either on iTunes or Spotify mm-hmm. when I first found regional them because no one else showed me. It's not. Yeah, I was way far in until someone had to show me that they had unreleased stuff on YouTube and you could find, yeah, how good they were. Because funny enough, the person, one of the people that I that was in the class where we met, Krista, she was also a 21 Pilots fan. Mm-hmm. And we never like talked in depth but she really did like their music and stuff like that and she and i met the semester that i found 21 pilots basically Mm. and so she kind of she we never got super super close but she did 
from the outside see my transition from who I was after the hospital visit, really at one of the lowest points in my life to becoming closer to who I am now. Mm -hmm. But then we were sitting at graduation and she's like, you've never heard kitchen sink. And I was like, what's that? What? Yeah. And she's like, you've never heard like any of their stuff. I was like, if it's not on Spotify, I've never heard it. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she like texted me the link to, to kitchen sink on YouTube. And like, that oh my, my gosh. That song is mind-boggling. It's, it's freaking, but I it's totally, so funny. I totally see why it's not released. Like it's one of the ones who isn't because it has his brother in it. Well, like, no, it's it's not released because of licensing issues. Yeah. But no, I just mean like I'd see why they didn't like re-release it. Re-release it. Because they released they re-released trees, they re-released car radio, but but anyway. What's funny is we listened to we were listening to it in the car and our housemate's in the back seat and he's like, This music is just making me really anxious. <laughs> And fake you out is on, and it gets to the part where it's like, "Our brains are sick, but that's okay." And he's like, "Yeah, that makes me really anxious." And yeah. he's very much not an anxious person. So it was funny to hear an outside perspective from someone who like doesn't relate to it so hard, mm-hmm. because like Tyler, he's coming like we're figuring out more about his mental health, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm so screwed up inside. Like, yeah. I'm so not okay." But. It was so funny to hear him be like, yeah, that's those screams. He's like, I mean, he's getting across what he wants to get across because, like, I know that's what he's trying to convey is, like, that anxiety. And he's like, it's working. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, because that's my favorite part of the song. That brings me so much comfort. Yeah. Like, because it's the – it's again, it's like the you're not alone. But, like, mm-hmm. if we look at the transition, my ADHD brain – can stop for a second and we look at the transition just from vessel to blurry face where he like starts really and the world that tyler has created the lore that he's been creating for the past I 10 years like i love it but then we go like from blurry face to trench and everyone was like super excited for this most recent album that came out what like two months ago now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no not even it was a month ago. well 21st of may so about a month and a half ago almost like 40 know. days. Either way. I why do I remember such weird things? Either way, everyone was like, man, like I wonder what this album's gonna be. And then the first single that they released for it, Shy Away, came out, and everyone was like, What the heck is this? Tyler, mm-hmm. what have you done? And like even Tyler, he heard it first and he was like, What? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. What is this? And I was like, No, I get it. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about this and how all of these have always been, these are his journey. Well, if you think about that vessel, he was in a dark place still. But he was, you know, figuring things out. Blurry face came out, still in a pretty dark place, but he'd found Jenna. And he was like, they're, you know, they're figuring those things out. And now, and then then like Trench, like, I think either they had just found out that Jenna was pregnant or she was about to be like, somewhere around there was when they announced that she was pregnant. Um, but it's like, he's happy. He has a good life, but he's still trapped. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's still that. And I was like, with this one, it totally makes sense. He's got his daughter now. Mm-hmm. He's got pretty much everything that he could ever want in life. But one, now he has more to lose. Yep. And two, just like, 
I feel like it's such a strong, like I could even just hear it and shy away. Hmm. The strong feeling of you can literally be at your highest point in life mm-hmm. and that depression will never leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it resonated with me so hard because mm. I I am so freaking happy. Like I've told you, we've talked about this so many times. Like I have, I am such a, I'm in such a good point in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm married to my best friend, the love of my life. I cannot picture my life being any different than being married to him. But mm. like, I'm also in one of the darkest places that I've been in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in a very not okay spot for mm-hmm. a while and I can't quite figure out why. Mm-hmm. And like it kind of hammers home the thing of like – and I've said this and I've said this for years and then sometimes I just forget that it's like a thing of like circumstances literally have no effect over your – like Nothing if, you, if you have clinical depression, yep. circumstances have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 can, but can, like yeah. they don't most of the time. But that's what kind of what makes like clinical depression so different is that like it it is so technically outside of circumstances and can have nothing to do with them. Like it can um, be tipped by circumstances, of course, but and it doesn't like, always that's have like to because but that's emotions. Because yeah, like I I can see some different stuff that like contributed to like my anxiety like onslaught, but like a lot of it is like brain, like almost fully brain chemistry stuff. Um because I couldn't fix it. It was, it was something, it was like something deeper, like going on and it really wasn't like anything specific. And so that just means right there, like, I didn't know that that existed. And so my therapist had to be like, yeah, your textbook, clinical anxiety, like textbook, like the right age, the right, like everything, like the way that you're talking, the way that like, and she was like, it is so, because I was like, no, this is – I just need to figure out what it is that caused it. And she's like – And she's like, but I already did. There isn't. There isn't, babe. There isn't. That's the whole freaking point. Um, and I was like, no, no. And she's like, yeah. So that probably means you're not going to be able to fix it without medication. And I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> like basically for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's essentially what happened. And so um, I think that – uh it's it's super interesting we we are kind of all over the place on this one but yeah but i mean i think i agree with you with the most recent album i agree with you um is that that is sort of the theme of it is that no matter the circumstances um you're always going to struggle with mental health but like it's almost like good to remember that and like almost comforting to remember that that you're like it it's not that like this is it's, it's gonna not be your okay. Fault. It's not your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. That's the thing. And, and like we could it's gonna be okay. And like this is We could do a whole series on like unraveling just like the world that he's built. 
Oh, I know. I love the lore stuff. I love the lore. It's so interesting because like the whole thing, like for anyone who is a Twin One Pilots fan, it's so interesting because like he in Trench, he built like this he he continued this lore that he started very vaguely with Blurry Face and Trench. He like created like this whole world, basically. Mm-hmm. And in this one, and like it was a fictional society, fictional political th- thing called Dima. And like the whole thing the with city. this most recent album. Dima, that's right. It's a city controlled by the nine bishops. But in this most recent album, the whole thing is that, like, there was this message of this is Dima propaganda. This whole album is Dima propaganda. But, like, there's these things, like, coming through that are obviously him, like, rebelling against it. Mm -hmm. And it's so – you know me. I always go for the darkest songs. I do. I'm the worst. And it scares the crap out of Tyler. Because one of my – I for one, Shy Away. I love Shy Away. That's not one of the darker ones, but I love it. It's like – it's such a bop. I love Saturday. Um, He hated Saturday when he first heard it, and now mm-hmm. he loves it. It's his, like his favorite song on the album. Well, that's but funny. one of my favorite songs – I was listening to this song on repeat for days, and it's not going to shock you at all which song it was. At all. Because I can guarantee you if I had you guess right now, you'd be able to. Mm-hmm. I actually really want you to guess. Well, I don't know which one it is because I had one in my head, but then I was like, well, what if it's this one? It was redecorate. Okay. That was my first guess. Okay. I was yeah. right. I didn't want to be wrong because I was like, it could be no chances, but like. I do love no chances. Because I was like, redecorate, was, like, but I was like, redecorate is the, is the sad one. Redecorate is the, is darkest, the darkest one. On the, one. It's the darkest one. I always go for the darkest ones. And it made Tyler so uncomfortable that I was listening to it so much because it unsettled him. Like you were there when he listened to it the first time. He was so unsettled. And I was sitting there and I was like. Uh, I don't want to go like that. I think be sitting in bed singing it. And he's like, would you please stop? Mm-hmm. Because like the whole concept of it, the message behind it that you can get pretty easily is the idea of if I kill myself right now, what will my family do? Like, what am I leaving behind? What will my family, like, will they, I don't want to make them make the decision of, do we clean this room out? Like, do we redecorate or do we leave it the way that it is? Mm-hmm. And that was something, it hit me so hard because in a way, like, yeah, when I had had those thoughts in the past, I'd had those, like, I'd thought about that. But it's also really interesting too because I don't know how confirmed this statistic is, but I've seen a lot of things about it's very common for people who have committed suicide to clean their room Mm. before they do it so that everything Mm -hmm. is in order you Mm -hmm. know quote unquote and it's common it's a common thing for a lot of people they get their finances in order they get their beneficiaries figured out like they get all these things so that everyone in their life is set without them Mm -hmm. and so that made me think about that and like It just hit me so hard. And it's also so freaking catchy. It's awful. And I don't know if you've noticed this because Tyler loves like all the lore of like the website that was up of like Mm -hmm. Clancy from it, like leaking all of these Mm -hmm. things. And I don't know if you've noticed this. I've talked to Tyler very briefly about it, but there's that whisper in the beginning of Redecorate. Mm. 
what's whispered is one of the lines from Clancy's letters. Mm. Dang. And it's the, there was a wonderful structure in the city and something, something, something. And that was a line in one of the letters that is the fictional character Clancy that Tyler has again created, like in this whole world of, of Trench, mm-hmm. like this whole thing. But it's like carrying forward these things because one of my favorite songs on uh, – one of my favorite songs on Trench was Neon Gravestones. Of course it was. Man, you have a theme. I do. Because I also getting, – getting off of 21 Pilots for just like half a second, I love Spaceman by The Killers. And that's about a failed suicide. Jeez, baby. <laughs> it's like the worst, but it's so catchy. If you have not listened to Spaceman by the Killers, it is actually a very ca- like it's so upbeat. Like you would never know. Like you think it's actually about an alien abduction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, but Neon Gravestones, like I wrote that one piece of like very much based off of Neon Gravestones. Like I read that to you, I remember. Mm-hmm. And because like that's a big thing for me is writing. And so, like, I think one of the reasons I loved Redecorate so much was it got my brain moving in that, like, yeah, that mi- it got my brain into that mindset. Um, yeah. Those are both, like, those songs that you like are both a little bit too so heavy dark. for me. Yeah, exactly. But so what dark. the thing about the lore that I uh, really got into was, um, so it felt very timely. Because my favorite color is yellow. You do um, love yellow. Very my much. my favorite color has been yellow for a very long time, and that uh, album Trench came out, and it had a very clear color scheme. And it was yellow with very clear symbolism, and the color yellow in that lore, um, represented a color that the bad guys, the bishops, couldn't Literally see, could not see, and so it was like as like an armor that the like rebels would use to like protect themselves and the bad guys were representing you know like depression and anxiety and and mental health and a lot of other complex like like impulsive thoughts or at least that's like how i interpreted it and how like yellow was used as like protection and armor and like that kind of thing um and i was like well this is a sign like this is for me. This is written for me specifically. And I got a tattoo of a sunflower on my arm. And it's like, I didn't get a 21 Pilots tattoo because I knew that that would be like, I would look back on that and I'd be like, that's a little extra. I wanted something that could be mean different things to me at different times. But represent you at but the same like, time. One of the main things that like sort of contributed to me getting my tattoo was this idea of putting because it's in color putting yellow like onto my skin as like protection and like I can look at it and it can be and it can remind me and it's like on my body forever and I feel so happy about that like and it's and like it is such a pretty tattoo. Oh, and it's gorgeous. Like it's gorgeous. Like no matter how what the meaning is, but like because um, it just could be about it could just represent like oh happiness, like whatever. And it could literally just be like sunflowers. Like that my because favorite flower is sunflowers. But like I love how 
I, I loved that I was able to like represent this time in my life and everything that I was learning and how much a 21 pilots album was a part of that. Like this dumb band, you know, like they're, they're just, they're, these two, they're just these two boys, but like how this band could be so important to me and it could be so representative of everything that I was experiencing and like it's gonna be a part of my life forever because like that's when the new album came out and I was like this is really different like and I'm not as like ride or die um 21 pilots as I used to which I thought would bother me like I remember thinking back when I could only listen to it I was like, there's going to be a point where like, what if I, what if I don't like them as much as I do right now, like in the future? But I'm like, that's the whole point of this newest album that they released is that we change and we grow. And there's always that same part of it that like we take through no matter what. But like, that's the whole point is that like, you can't stay the same. Yeah. Like if there's still this the same, core there's a, there's stuff. Problem. There's always going to be this core stuff. But that's the whole point is that you don't change. And that is complex right there. And that is exactly what you were saying when you were describing it. Is that like the whole point of the album is that like no matter what your circumstances are, like depression is always going to be there. But also the album itself is representative of change. And I'm like, that is so complex and such a like ultimately hopeful message. Like and they did they've done so many things like last year in the pandemic, they released Level of Concern. And like that mm, was I love that one. my like that was my jam. Like I loved that song so much. And it was so funny because like the line is like Julie starts to make me nervous. And I was like, Julie, which is my mom, <laughs> you're making me nervous. Cause like I was living with them at the time and we were going through so much. And I was like, Yeah, Julie, you're making me nervous. Making me nervous. You're making me unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so funny. But like there's just so much like cause he, even the most like sad songs, like you can feel really happy while listening to them. And that's one thing I love about them. Cause like, I also, this new album makes like zero sense, like on the surface. And that's also hilarious to me. Yep. Because I remember like, for one, someday when we get to go to a concert again, no chances is going to be lit. <laughs> like you're gonna like can you imagine the entire stadium just being like no chance like just like doing the chanting like mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's gonna be amazing but I also just love like it's so sweet like certain aspects of it because like formidable like I mm. love that and I think it's hilarious because Tyler thought it was about Rosie their daughter mm-hmm and then I was like, I think it might be about Jenna because, like, he likes writing songs about Jenna. And then, like, my second time listening to it, I was like, this is about Josh. He freaking wrote a song. <laughs> he freaking wrote a song about Josh. I love it. Um, and then Bounce Man, like, we were all talking about that. Like, what the heck is Bounce Man? Like, what this makes literally no sense. But then I was, like, looking and it's, like, that dumb lore of, like, Tyler did an interview not long before the album was released of like Ned, which is one of the characters from Trench that's like re uh, represents his like creativity. Mm -hmm. And he's like this little cute thing, like 
anyone who hasn't seen Ned, Google Ned 21 Pilots and he'll pop up. He's like ugly and adorable. I love him. This alien looking thing. Alien looking thing. But he like represents Tyler's creativity. And like Tyler, like he became like this whole entity. Like I, I love it. And people are like, how's Ned doing? And like in an interview before the album came out, he was like, yeah, we don't really know what's up with Ned. Like we haven't heard from him. He's got his phone off, which is how we usually track him. In the Shio, in the Choker video, you see like a big thing of Ned. Like, have you seen him? And then in Bounce Man, it opens with, I don't know if you've got your phone. Because mm-hmm, Because this to went voice. straight to voicemail. Yeah. And I was like, this is about freaking Ned. This is about Ned because he's like, like, oh boy, what'd you do? Like, Tyler, what did your creativity do? What made you write this? Because I was like, yeah. I know that he was probably thinking like while writing that of like everyone sitting like, there going, what, am like, I doing? what is this album, yeah. Tyler? Like, what have you I done? I love it so much. And I love much. it so much like because it just makes me so happy inside. Mm-hmm. Like, and for a while, like it, I had trouble because – for a while, it seemed like he might have been, like, too exclusive about certain things. Mm. Of like, oh, if you don't get this. Because, like, he's made a point, like, the few, the proud, and the emotional. Not everyone gets this, you know. But at the same time, he's made this, like, refuge mm-hmm. for people who had no one else. Yeah. And I, I love that. Like, the hype was Tyler and I's song for a little while because it was, like, it's just so, like, we heard it in Target one time. Mm-hmm. We were in Target and he was like kind of a like far away from me, but the the beginning of it came on and Tyler's head like snapped up and he like looked at me <laughs> like they're being played on the radio. Um, but like at the concert that we were at, like while he was singing that, when he like looks out and he's like, you are my kind. Mm-hmm. Like I like started crying. I was yeah. like, oh, not, yes, we are. I know. We it's are your so kind. like even, even it, it, I know exactly what you mean. Like it is so like inclusive and ex- exclusiveness like there's like these people and like we all get it you know what i mean like like, like people can like the music but backs. not understand and Which, that's like, what's so cool about but, like, it that's like that's also but then like it's also just good music so haha yeah it is um yeah. we are also probably out of time by the way yeah probably it's just yeah either way twin on palace is awesome we'll do another we talked about a lot of topics that we'll end up talking about in the future we could do a whole episode on just the lore of 21 pilots like that they've created the world um we can do an entire episode on how insurance companies suck um we we touched on another one that i'll probably remember while i'm editing this yep because I'll, I'll we hear got it. we got all kinds of ideas friends. this is what you get when you record at late at night when my adderall has worn off oh i know i'm so tired which is why we need and to, I have to so work I can go to tomorrow sleep. i have to work tomorrow I want to go to sleep. um this was this was fun twin pilots are awesome if you haven't listened to them before highly recommend um find like find their old stuff too like mm-hmm. their old stuff it's insane and weird it is so weird like slow town oh I and like like i freaking love slow town I totally um, understand why people don't, though. But I... it's like the dumbest song ever, and that's one of the reasons I love it. Oh, <laughs> I love it. And like, so yeah, it's great. If you haven't listened to them, go listen to them. Um, who knows what we'll talk about next time? Because we don't even know. We have a <laughs> list of topics, and we didn't touch any of them tonight. So, <laughs> so we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Listening. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye.